Welcome to Let It Grow Investing, the financial investing and small business podcast that is not run by a professional investor. I am Jeff, and thank you for stopping by. We're going to cover all the news you need to know to make sense of the market, helping you get invested, stay the course, and on your way to financial freedom. What's going on, guys? Welcome back into the podcast. And thank you, as always, for being here. It is Wednesday around 2.30, so I am going to miss some of the evening's uh, earnings results that are going to be coming out. I know we got a lot of them coming this week, but we do have tons of information that has come out in the last uh, couple days on some stocks that we always follow, we always talk about. And uh, we're going to try to cover all that in this uh, episode. So, if you are an investor in some of these uh, main large cap tech companies, uh, investor in the S&P, investor in the QQQ, this one is definitely going to be for you. And um, I do see a lot of opportunities out there. We did see a lot of things trading kind of sideways. My portfolio has actually been down a couple percentage points since we last talked. I know the Webull portfolio has actually been down as well. Uh, I think a lot of that is just fear around earnings. There's a lot of uh, bearishness around some of these big names that are going to be reporting this week. And, um, you know, it, it looks like some of that is actually going to be just kind of false. It, it's just, you know, some of these numbers that are coming out are strong. We're getting some good guidance. Uh, and that is definitely sending some stocks higher. So, um, before I get into this, let's go ahead and say that we do have links in the description to help get you going. Uh, Crypto.com, Binance, Webull, and E-Trade. And we are doing the investing challenge for 2023 over there on Webull. You can do fractional shares on Webull. So go ahead and click my link to get started. You put in a dollar and uh, you you know start account, put in a dollar and you get free fractional shares of uh, you know randomly selected so- stocks sent right to you. Uh, simply just for signing up. So that is pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, let's dive in. We've got, uh, well, uh, I guess if this were the, the the only headline of the day, Microsoft would be down. Uh, but uh, Microsoft is actually up. Uh, and if I just said this, that uh, Microsoft's Activision Blizzard deal was banned by a Britain uh, regulator, uh, that $70 billion deal would be done. Uh, you would think, hey, Microsoft's going to be, uh, you know, down a few points today. But actually, uh, I believe we are up. Uh, what are we up today on Microsoft? I believe it was trading around 297 last check. But uh, I will sign back in here. You would think I've already got that done. But uh, I do not. So I'm signing back into E-Trade. We're going to check what the uh, the stock price on Microsoft is. But yeah, that uh, that deal was blocked on Activision Blizzard, saying that there would be uh, too much of a monopolistic uh, enterprise for Microsoft holding all those gaming rights. And uh, ultimately, the cloud gaming was a big thing where they thought that Microsoft would really take that, uh, that monopoly and really run with it. So that was one of the big things in this uh, this shutdown of this Activision Blizzard deal that ultimately got uh, got put on hold or actually just stopped altogether. It's just not going to happen, not on hold. But um, yeah, so we've got, uh, you know, roughly $69 billion for Microsoft to play with. And after this uh, this earnings report that they had, 
man, it was looking strong. They are seeing huge growth in uh, the AI division with their chat GPT. They are seeing big growth in uh, Azure as well. So they've got a lot of different things that are going well for them. And uh, it really looks like they are taking the lead in that AI department. So uh, the, the forecast was actually raised. It looks like we're going to be uh, expecting better numbers than previously anticipated for the next quarter. And um, it, it looks like the more market share they can really chip away at from Google in the way of search and in the way of AI until Google gets their stuff together. Uh, ultimately, it's, it's looking like Microsoft's kind of leading that space right now. So uh, they are up 7.2% on the day. That is $19.85 higher from Microsoft. And, um, you know, I, I think I said a while back, I could see this one running higher. I was not previously purchasing in that 260 to 270 range from the standpoint that this was already a large position for me. Um, you know, I think a lot of these beginning of the year, uh, NVIDIA, you know, Google, Amazon, Microsoft, they were all, and Tesla too, they were all kind of on my radar as stocks to buy. They were definitely at a good uh, purchase price at that point. When I when I just go back to the uh, the year-to-date chart here, uh, you know, we were down at 229 on Microsoft back on, uh, where was it? Actually, two, yeah, 222 on January 5th. So, you know, we've come up, uh, what, 73 bucks in, uh, you know, four months. That is a definite nice move for, let me turn this uh, this phone off here. And uh, definite nice move here for uh, Microsoft in that short amount of time. So I didn't really want to jump in after we had a uh, you know, 50, 60 point run. And uh, I'm still not jumping in now, but I'm definitely happy to see that uh, Microsoft is really uh, you know, moving up nicely. And uh, I believe this was a, uh, was it a record high? Let's see where they were. No, they did. They did hit in the 340s back in 2021. So we're trying to catch up to some of those 2021 levels still. But um, one that has recovered very nicely, and it looks like we've got uh, some some blue skies in the horizon for Microsoft. And uh, that's not to say that Google is uh, is a dead stock. We uh, we definitely saw Google post uh, an earnings beat, a revenue beat, and a huge thing that they just did was issue a 70 was it 70 billion dollar stock buyback at Google so they're going to be in there buying the stock with me which is uh great news as far as where I think this uh, stock price is going to go we are at 103.55 right now we are down about a quarter of a percent on the day and uh one that I still am very bullish on now one problem that they do have right we've got uh you know the the Bard, I believe it's called their AI uh, counterpart to chat GPT. I think they're going to get this thing right. But a lot of what they're trying to do is build uh, Bard into the Google search kind of engine and not kill their advertising business, what is the, you know, a lot of the core of Google's business. So it's a matter of putting AI in a spot where everyone can easily access it but also keeping those ads that Google is known for and how they uh, have everyone show up on that front page of Google. You, you know, you've got all these little different pop-ups and maybe not pop-ups, but little banners on the side that uh, you can click this for another option here, there, everywhere. And uh, that is a lot of Google's business. So with them trying to get into AI, 
do it in a way that they are going to be competitive with uh, ChatGPT, Microsoft, and also not infringe on their own advertising business is a, a tough thing to try to navigate. You know, uh, Microsoft really didn't have that problem. Their Bing business was pretty much dead. I, I really don't know of anyone that ever says, hey, go Bing that. Uh, everyone always says, go Google that, right? So we don't really have that that problem for Microsoft. They are getting people onto their platform and taking that market share where uh, you know Google is really trying to use uh, both ends. They're trying to use that AI and keep that search business as uh, they don't really want to you know, kill the cash cow that is Google search. So quite a, uh, a tight web that they are weaving and trying to navigate when it comes to AI. I do believe that they will get it right. I still think that YouTube was, was turning out great numbers. Uh, I think it's uh, made more in this first quarter than um, what they originally had purchased it for. I will try to pull up that number here. Uh, where are we? We've got... Um, let me scroll down here. I know it's on here. Um, I'm not seeing it first up. And we've got, uh, yeah, Google. Here we go. They acquired YouTube for $1.65 billion back in October of 2006. And in just quarter one of 23, YouTube brought in, you know, just a small $6.69 billion of revenue from ads. So, uh, you know, they're trying to do a little bit of both, try to get that revenue uh, coming in from YouTube, from search, and also, uh, you know, build that AI product that we're all going to be happy with. And that is easily accessible right from google.com or uh, another way to get there. I'm sure if it's in, uh, you know, your Google uh, account and it's kind of another tab like, uh, you know, Drive or anything else, it's going to be a little bit more inaccessible for people to get to and uh, might not be the best way for them to implement that. So we're definitely curious to see what they got there. Um, now we did have, who else came out? Yeah. Visa came out. They had EPS of $2 and nine cents beating expectations of $1.98 revenue of 7.9 billion beating expectations of 7.79 billion. So nice beat for Visa. I uh, still continue to think that Visa is uh, a solid stock that is a little bit under the radar when it comes to tech plays and also one that is in that financial space that I think they're going to continue to do well. Uh, there's currently about 18% uh, of upside on Google, oh, not on Google, on Visa, sorry, uh, for an average price target of 270 and we're sitting at 228. Uh, you know, before I get too far away from Google, I do want to look at one thing here. And that was price targets from today. I do believe that we got some new uh, price targets and we've got uh, at least five that I'm seeing. We've got uh, Truist Financial at 122 is a buy. Robert Baird uh, is a buy at 123. KeyBank 122. Rosenblatt Securities 132. Needham uh, 115. So those are all buys, all from today. And uh, if I go to the next page, five more buys, uh, all with price targets between 121 and 135. So. They are all seeing some upside. I think the same thing here. We've got about 24.7% of upside. Price target of these average of 30 different analysts is 128.97. And we're at 103. I would be a lot more comfortable buying into Google right now uh, versus Microsoft. I think Microsoft is a stellar stock. 
uh, I think that this one has had a little too much of a run. I can still wrap my head around Google's PE of a 22.8. Microsoft, I think they are a little bit higher. I think they're in the 30s. Let's get back over to that page. Yeah, 30.6. You know, I guess that doesn't really scare me as much as I uh, previously alluded to here. So 30.6 is not too hateful. Microsoft is still in that growth mode and they seem like they've got it together. Uh, so I think Google might be more of a sleeper stock. You might uh, buy that one and you know be surprised that it runs up uh, that 20-30%. Where Microsoft, uh, I kind of think that this one might have a little bit of a pullback before it goes higher. Uh, 35 analysts on Microsoft say there's about 10.5% of upside currently. So that uh, price target is 326 uh, we did have a lot of buy ratings coming in today. Then Guggenheim came out and said 232 and it's a sell, which I don't agree with. But uh, he th- seems to think that that PE is getting a little stretched, I'm going to guess. And wants to see that kind of even out before going ahead and purchasing uh, some more. But then uh, two more hold prices from UBS and Moffitt Nathanson. Um, so those are some some mixed opinions there. But uh, overall, it looks like a solid buy. I would personally like to see this one cool down before I put in any new capital into Microsoft. Google looks like a uh, a buy for me. I, I'd like to get that one before uh, this, this next version of their AI comes out. I still think they've got a solid business and uh, I'm, I'm very bullish on that one. So uh, two stocks, three stocks with Visa that we... Uh, are happy with. I know we had some more. What else do we have? I think Chipotle came out. We had CMG coming out. And uh, whoa, big day for Chipotle. Oh my, we should have been buying this one, guys. Man, we are up 14.15% on Chipotle, up $251.91 for Chipotle. I think we were looking at this one back at 1200 and I was trying to tell tell you guys we needed to get this thing. We did not. That's okay. Um but man, that is a nice run on Chipotle for the day. And um I'm guessing we had some good news by the sounds of that uh, that reaction here. So let's take a look here. Um yeah, shares fired up on excellent Q1 numbers and upbeat guidance. That is uh Definitely what I'm seeing here as well. So just about every metric was a positive standout in Q1. They exceeded their high single-digit comp growth forecast, serving up comps of 10.9% in the quarter. Wow, that is a stellar moves for uh, Chipotle here. The company also provided full-year comp guidance for the first time since before the pandemic, expecting that same restaurant sales to remain upbeat in the mid to high single digit percentage range for fiscal year 23. Uh, so their earnings crushed estimates, uh, their widest beat in over five years. Meanwhile, their revenues jumped 18.8% year over year. Wow, man, that is a, a stellar quarter for uh, Chipotle. And uh, again, one that uh, seemed to have it going well through the pandemic. They Really had those uh, online orders, you know, just buzzing those out. They had everything stacked up, ready to go when you went in the store. They seem to have it like a, a you know, well-oiled machine over there at uh, Chipotle, and uh, it's looking like it is, you know, really being rewarded for that. Now, again, this uh, this PE is always high, right? Chipotle is has been a great growth stock, but a PE of forty-eight point one five on a fast casual dining place. 
man, that is that's tough. And I, I think that was probably one of the reasons we didn't buy it, even when this was cheaper in the past year, um, probably because of uh, a P.E. that looks stretch even on uh, a stock like Chipotle. You know, we're not, we're not getting a dividend, you know, versus McDonald's. You're getting what, two and a half, three percent, depending when you buy it. Uh, you know, the P.E. stretched. So we probably went with McDonald's. For the standpoint that you got a dividend, you got a little bit more safe uh, play on the PE. But um, yeah, if I look back over the year, uh, I'd really have to compare my notes here as to what we were buying and when we were looking at this one. If I go back to last year's cheat sheet and look for McDonald's, I'm sure I've got that one circled somewhere. Um, I'm not finding it first glance. I know it's on here and I know we were looking to buy it. But uh, I am not seeing it as to when we bought the or when we were buying McDonald's uh, to see what the stock price would have been. Uh, week seven, man, this was this was all the way back beginning of last year. Uh, so that would have been, man, uh, beginning of twenty two. If I go back to say February twenty two, uh, we were uh, around thirteen twenty when we would have bought this. 1,323 on February 2nd, 22nd of 22. That's a lot of twos. And um, man, we would have had a nice return. But uh, yeah, again, we really didn't know where this thing was going. It, it looked like a lot of people's appetite for food like that was kind of cooling. Uh, you know, the the order in crowd was was kind of dwindling. People were getting back out there and, and going to, you know, different restaurants, things like that. People were traveling more. Chipotle wasn't really the the, the hot button at that time. So I get why we didn't get it. But um, uh, again, I think it was probably a little bit uh, of a cooling period at that point. And then we even did drop down at about 1230. So, you know, uh, a solid run here on Chipotle along with, uh, I mean, it's almost trading like a tech stock, really dropping off that hard and then just rallying up about uh, what, you know, probably 70% in uh, about a year. That's a really impressive movement here for Chipotle. But, um, you know, not so impressive when when we're looking at other terrible things that are happening out there is Bed Bath & Beyond, right? And I, I told you guys this one was not something I wanted to, to play with the fire of what was going on as they were trying to navigate bankruptcy. Uh, you know, then the next couple of days, this thing doubled or tripled. And uh, I still stand by my decision to not play with fire. Uh, you could have had a quick double on this thing, but now it is getting delisted from the NASDAQ after, what, 31 years? I believe they started in 92. And uh, man, that's definitely sad to see. But uh, this one just could not get out of its own way. Currently down 37% on the day. EPS negative $15 per share. Um, it's going to be gone. So again, not, not that I'm saying, Hey, I was right on this one, but sometimes eh, the juice might not be worth the squeeze. This one, you could have made a quick nickel on, or, you know, maybe thousand dollars, couple thousand dollars. I, I don't know how much you're playing with, but, uh, really at the end of the day, I think we all knew this one, you know, the, the fate was kind of written on the wall with bed, bath and beyond. It was looking like it was going to be problematic, and uh, you know it, it was. So I just have a hard time saying to anyone on here, "Hey, yeah, you could make a quick dollar trying to trade Bed Bath and Beyond." 
That's not really what I'm about. I'm more of a long-term investor. I would feel much, much more comfortable even buying something that has run up like uh, Microsoft or Chipotle far before I tell you to go and try to play some penny stock or some failing you know, retailer that is going bankrupt. It is just not a smart play. Uh, I think if you put you know $1,000 into Microsoft today, give it five years, you're going to be positive. Uh, right now, it might not be the best entry point, but Bed Bath & Beyond for me just is not even, it's just a do not touch, uh, you're playing with fire. And I've seen that before. We've seen it with Sears. We've seen it with other names that uh, have been on their way out. And you know, history often just rhymes or repeats itself. I tried to play uh, Sears when they were going out of business. I did double. Um, but it was also a time of year when I had more time to sit and stare and, you know, time my buys and sells and things like that. But, uh, this time of year I am stretched very thin and bed, bath and beyond was not something I even remotely wanted to uh, worry about. Not even, you know, all the news you got to follow, all the charts you got to follow, everything you really need to do to be on top of uh, a stock that you are trying to make a quick trade on. It just wasn't for me, so therefore I couldn't recommend it to you. And uh, you know, it, I guess a uh, Derchi to uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. So that one is uh, is tough to see. But uh, we did have uh, Pepsi come out, and I think they are trying to get into AI in their business too. I believe it was them. And uh, yeah, they're down about point uh, four five today. So how did they? How did they report here? Yeah, their PE is getting stretched to 39.3. That is uh, definitely up there. Uh, they are set to hit an all-time high on the day, but it's barely selling more drinks and snacks. They are saying that their planned price increases are already done. Uh, shares of beverage and snack, uh, Giant Pepsi, they were on track to hit an all-time high. Let's uh, read a little bit more here. On Tuesday, and they were helped by an upbeat outlook and another round of quarterly results in which price increases helped drive sales higher, even as the company sold less food and hardly any more drinks. So uh, these price increases were pretty much the uh, the driver of what uh, really had their quarterly results uh, looking positive and, uh, and a solid outlook going forward. Uh, so Tuesday, they were up about 2.1%. Uh, and now, you know, down about, uh, 91 cents on the day. So, um, I'm still long Pepsi. And again, this one is still a little rich for me at, uh, you know, close to 40 times on that PE. I'm still much more bullish on, uh, Google at, uh, about a 20 times multiple rather than PE of uh, 39 on Pepsi. Yes. You get a 2.42% dividend. Uh, you get a lot of safety in it, but, uh, this, this PE, if it does come back down to earth, uh, we get a multiple correction, say it goes down to, um, you know, even, even if it went down to 30, let's do the math real quick. If we have earnings per share of 6.42 times 30, um, that's, uh, my, my math is flawed somewhere. Uh, but yeah, if we had a correction and it came down about uh, 25% from this number, we would be what around uh, around 140, 135, something like that. Even if that PE came back down to just 30, uh, it would certainly correct this one hard. And uh, I don't know that I want to add any more currently with a stretched valuation. Let it come back, come back down to earth. There's other stocks that are a little bit shinier in my eyes right now that I'd rather be buying. Uh, one of those. One of those might be this one. Let's take a look at this one. This 
had a very, very rough day. And man, end phase, where are we here? Man, we are down 26.5% on end phase on the day. Um, somehow I'm still hanging on to some gains here. But uh, yeah, drops to the lowest in nearly a year as companies weak guidance spooks Wall Street. Uh, this is on Market Watch. I'm just kind of reading what the uh, the headlines are saying here. Um, worst performer in the S&P and the NASDAQ. Too expensive to wait on a recovery. Uh, so they dropped to their lowest in nearly a year as investors worried that uh, demand headwinds are here to stay. Um, goes on to say that it was poised to close at its lowest since May 24th when it closed at 162.51 on pace for the largest one day percentage drop since June of 2020. Uh, so what is the uh, what's the problem here? The second quarter guidance was the greatest concern. Bank of America says uh, in a note on Wednesday. Uh, Demolin Smith, I'm probably botched that name, but uh, sorry about that, downgraded his rating on Enphase stock to the equivalent of sell, saying that for investors, it will be too expensive to wait on a recovery. Some may argue that the worst has passed. Uh, in our view, it is not. Headwinds to near-term growth are bolstered by weak sell-through trends in the distributor channel and inflexible cash advance terms to its installers, which leave ongoing challenges throughout 2023. Uh, so, uh, and they're saying interest rate driven challenges uh, are also going to be a problem for U.S. solar power installations that uh, are unavoidable. Uh, so this uh, this guide really spooks Wall Street, and uh, it looks like he's saying that it may just be the start. So we might have some problems going forward. Um, you know, for me right now, uh, I know I already sold much higher from this. I sold perfectly at the peak I will uh, pat myself on the back for I was selling out of this around 325 330 um and uh, I did say that uh, you know under 200 under 220 I was really interested uh but this one has you know some new news around it that uh, look like it is going to continue to drop so I don't know that I'm going to sell uh, I'm still in the green on this one but um, I'm going to have to reevaluate, see where this one looks and uh, maybe wait to see if a bottom does form and we get some you know, level of support to go ahead and add back to this one. Um, you know, if 2023 is the only concern, the demand is slowing for this year, maybe into next. Um, I can wait that out, uh, especially being in the green right now. Uh, I definitely think for people that um, aren't in a position like this, if it is something that you are watching, don't go ahead and just jump on in. I like to wait a couple days to see what happens because you know you could think that, hey, after a 26% down day that this one is done, there's, you know, we've exhausted all the people who are going to sell and the buyers are going to come rushing back in. Uh, hate to tell you, but there might be some more sellers left in the uh, in the woodwork. So I would probably hold off I'll wait a little bit longer and see if we can't, um, you know, wait to see a little bit of buying come back in and not just uh, some some small volume, but we are actually getting people that really want to buy in large tranches and really add to this name. So for now, uh, I'm not touching it. Uh, I can't say that I won't add to it at some point, but uh, for now, I'm I'm just gonna you know say that I'm going to hold for now. Um, that's my, my two cents on this one. And, uh, I know some other, uh, 
Solar companies have traded down on the day as well. So be mindful that uh, as others report, if they're saying the same thing, uh, we might get more downside action for uh, end phase as well. So be aware of that. And uh, yeah, that, I think that's the uh, the main ones that I really wanted to uh, report on. Oh, I did want to say that uh, Disney is actually going to be suing Florida uh, for all these you know favorable tax treatments that uh, DeSantis was trying to get away from for Disney. Now uh, Disney is actually going to come back and sue Florida for um, you know what's going on down there. So um, that is going to be an ongoing story. I'm sure that uh, you know Disney is going to be a dark cloud over DeSantis if he does decide to run for the presidency. They're going to be a thorn in his side. So I would imagine that they're going to try to get this thing pushed through sooner than later so that uh, it's not a, a severe dark cloud over DeSantis going forward. But uh, that might be wrong. Uh, I'm not uh, you know a lawyer by any stretch, but uh, I would just think that you know, it'd be in his best interest to get through this and figure out some sort of amicable resolution for both parties down there. So uh, that being said, I'm going to take a quick break. Um, come back. We're going to talk investing challenge. We're going to see where that Webull portfolio is and, uh, you know, where we could head from here. So stick around. I will be right back. All right, guys, we are back on the podcast. And uh, if you have not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do so, so that you do not miss any future episodes, uh, here from me. And, uh, please go ahead and, uh, share the podcast and invite some other people over to, our community over there on Facebook as well. That would definitely mean the world to me and uh, building out this community and uh, really sharing all the knowledge that we have and uh, trying to get everything up to date over there on the Facebook group, the Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Link is in the description and uh, join in on in what's going on over there as well. I uh, was able to you know get some of those earnings calls out last night uh, right after they were announced and uh, that might've given you that little bit of edge uh, for you know, market open on uh, on Wednesday morning, or you know, if it's a early morning announcement, you know, it might have your uh, uh, information ready to go for that market trading day. So uh, that's what I've got with that. Now going forward, we've got uh, we had some crypto craze. I mean, it's it's wild out there right now. Um, yeah, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. I'm looking at Bitcoin, man. This is this has just been a crazy four days, probably. I'm looking at the one week. Uh, we are we traded down into the maybe the low twenty seven thousand. I don't think we hit twenty six. I was definitely thinking that we were going to have a major correction back down to you know that twenty three twenty four thousand level. But uh, you know, just in the the last day, we're up seven point eight percent. We're back over thirty thousand. So these buyers came back in. And they were scooping up these lows, and uh, it wasn't as deep as a uh, a sell off as I thought it could have been. Same thing on Ethereum. This one, where do we go on Ethereum? Uh, let's take a look at the one week. We are still down two percent on the week, but in the day we're up six point two percent. So uh, definite trough here. We did hit a low of around um, right around eighteen hundred. I'm going to call it eighteen twelve is what I'm seeing. But uh, in the last day, just a, a you know massive run back up to nineteen. Uh, where are we at? Nineteen sixty-three. Kind of looks like Chipotle's chart. But um, 
yeah, definite moves there. Uh, I think that some of those Shanghai upgrades on Ethereum caused a little bit of sell-off in the amount of coins that came off of being locked up. Some people sold off, uh, wanted to get out of them, and then I think we ultimately had a recovery. Uh, for some reason or another, it looks like people are buying back into these. So I am still definitely bullish on Bitcoin, Ethereum. Um, still waiting to get to that point where I have enough to sell off a portion uh, for some some bills that I've got. But uh, ultimately, I'm kind of just sitting on my hands collecting these right now. I'm not uh, really actively buying at these prices. If we got a deeper sell off, I would have gone ahead and purchased some more. But, um, you know, dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin Ethereum is probably a good way to, to look at your portfolio, just as it would be with uh, stocks. I kind of see the same thing. And I do like to have a mixture. I've probably got right around uh, probably about 8% of my portfolio is in crypto right now. So I do have a, a mixture there. And then uh, I do keep a diversified portfolio probably way too many names. And uh, I guess for me, I try to keep track of all of them and have alerts and everything else set up. And then on the, uh, you know, the investing challenge, some of those I don't follow as closely. But, um, you know, I guess there's a little bit of uh, less stake in the game for as far as how much cash I have in those positions on the investing challenge. But when I do look over at the investing challenge over there on Webull, link in the description, uh, we've got, I know we had a sell off. We are currently down about 0.75% uh, on the day and uh, down about 6.5%. So that means we are down $900 over the course of uh, about 17 months now. Um, you know, again, we are up on the year. We have been trending up probably about 10% since January 1st. Uh, we've definitely had some problems in 22. Some of the things that we were buying just were not cooperating, nor was the market. But, um, yeah, overall, we do have some gainers here. Uh, Starbucks is looking like the big winner for for this uh, portfolio here. We're up 37.7% uh, on Starbucks. Uh, you know, we've got some other nice uh, movers here. We've got uh, MGM's done well for us. Microsoft, uh, you know, they've definitely done well for us. McDonald's up 15%. AbbVie up 14%. Lowe's, uh, American Express, Broadcom. So thank you guys for voting. We're definitely seeing some nice moves up in some of these names. We do have some anchors that are really weighing us down. Uh, looking at MPW down 47% since we bought that. Honest Company, that thing has been a dud since day one, uh, down 72%. Plug Power down 68%. Um, you know, Plug Power, I, I think that could definitely be a more of a long term story. And I think that that one could probably be uh, revisited now that uh, we could, you know, probably you know, get uh, quite a bit more for our dollar on plug power. Shopify down 50%. Uh, you know, those are definitely the the worst case uh, or the worst offenders here. Um, but yeah, we've got uh, some other ones, even even Walgreens that I wouldn't have, think, wouldn't have thought would be down that much is down 28% since we bought that one. Probably, uh, you know, kind of similar to CVS that we ended up purchasing for week 17. Uh, you know, that one has traded down over the past year with Walgreens. And now that I think we're, we're buying into CVS, I think we got a much better entry point. But uh, yeah, going forward, week 18, we've got five names for the investing challenge. I would really love if you guys would go over to Let It Grow Investing and get your vote in. I would love to see more interaction on this thing as I am putting my money to work based on the poll for the week. And uh, yeah, number one, 
let's uh let's see what we got here we've got uh Uh, Actually, you know what? I did them out of order last time. I remember that now. The first one up was going to be Verizon. And, um, man, I I think there's a lot of safety in this one. AT&T sold off. Verizon went ahead and pretty much did the same thing. Um, They followed a lot of what was going on with them. And uh, they've got currently a 7% dividend. And the first article I'm reading on Barron's here says they've got uh, a 7% dividend and it could get better. Uh, uh, it says when its stock yields as high as 7%, it can foreshadow a dividend cut. That was the next article. Uh, so I don't know. I still think that this one is, is safe, but, um, we will have to see what this article says. And I signed in on my phone and now it bumped me out of the computer. I'm trying to do both at the same time for you guys. And, uh, let's get back over that article. Uh, might've been reading it wrong. First glance here right before it kicked me out. Um, oh, the payout ratio is probably high. I gotcha. So we might see a little bit of a cut here on Verizon is what uh, Barons.com is thinking. Um, so it's confident that its payout is secure, uh, Verizon is, and that the share of free cash flow that goes toward dividends will improve this year. The, dividend, the company's dividend is a key selling point to its investors, especially those looking for income. Uh, its price has fallen about 5% this year through Tuesday, but the total return, which includes dividends, is about minus 2%, according to fact set. So uh, I'm not sure that payout ratio. I could uh, hop back over to the Reuters report. I do believe it was a bit higher. But again, a lot of people are getting into Verizon for that dividend yield. Uh, I still think that's going to be the case. We're still going to have people coming into AT&T, Verizon, trying to get that dividend income off of the shares that they are buying. So low PE is 7.27. We do have that cash flow growing on the year. And uh, that is going to be stock number one for this week. I do think that the uh, the cell phone companies will continue to earn more cash. That cash flow is growing. And uh, you know that payout ratio, they might go ahead and cut it. But uh, you're also going to be bothering a lot of investors if you go and cut the dividend of a company that people are buying. Uh, a lot of the reason is for that dividend. So that is number one. I'll, d- I'll definitely have to do some more digging on that one as to what that payout ratio is. Uh, but number two, let's uh, let's move right on. Number two is Tesla. And uh, we are down on the day. I think we had some problems. I know we had problems in solar. I'm sure we had some problems out there in EV uh, as some of the earnings reports come out. And we are down 3.5% on Tesla, sitting at 154.96. Now, we are right in that uh, that window where I said that I would probably be adding more in that 150 range. We are there and we've got a couple days left to make a decision as to what we are buying for next Monday. So um, we've talked about this. Yes, they had, uh, you know, deliveries had been strong. Uh, some of the things that they uh, reported on were a miss, but, uh, you know, they're cutting costs. They are reducing the cost of goods sold at the same time is cutting the cost of the cars. They're trying to maintain that market share. They really want to sell volume and not simply just be that high price car. Uh, we knew that you know, years ago, Elon said that they want to build a $30,000 EV. Uh, but again, people didn't want it to be their EV that they just paid $50,000 for. But uh, that is ultimately what happened. They are cutting these costs back into the 30s. And uh, you know, a couple of people are really upset with that. Uh, I understand what's going on here from the standpoint of how he's trying to drive this business. He wants that volume, that Walmart model where everyone's going there. 
they're getting the best price they're getting a solid car and um you know there's definitely some some you know tension out there there's some turmoil and uh i think that it could be a good time to buy tesla i'm looking at uh you know the other stocks that have traded off on bad news and then you know all of a sudden they come roaring back the margins are still good they're still stronger than the the big three they're still much higher than all the you know the startup ev companies that are at negative earnings and uh, i think that are negative uh margins and i think that tesla is going to be a solid stock long term and uh, I will continue to average into this one if you guys pick it for this week, for week 18, or if you don't. So um, that's up to you guys as to what we add for this week. Uh, but number three, let's move right along here. I am short on time. Uh, XYLD, it is a covered call ETF. So the options I was trying to trade, they basically own the S&P 500 ETF. They write covered calls against it. And it nets you a 12.3% dividend on your shares. That is what you are getting paid on this one. So in a rising economy or a rising market, they are going to make a little bit money on the fact that they do own the S&P 500, uh, but they're not going to pay you or you're not going to get as much as you would by simply owning the S&P. You're going to have that made up in that 12.3% dividend. In a sideways economy, this is going to be a great play. Uh, you're going to get that dividend while you know the the stocks are just kind of not really going anywhere. In a falling economy, uh, yes, your underlying equity that they own in that S&P 500 is going to go down. The share price will drop, but it will be made up in that high dividend. So there are a couple situations where this does work. Um, there is some safety in owning it in all environments. So uh, I think that that high dividend, we've definitely got some high dividend payers this week. This could be a solid play for people looking for income and they don't want to mess with options themselves. So number three, XYLD, Global X Funds, Global X S&P 500 Covered Call ETF. That is a long name and don't expect me to say it every time. Uh, number four, we've got uh, Altria, ticker MO, and uh, Verizon was 7% on the button. This one is actually trading right at 8%. Uh, you know, if you're into, uh, you know, the food, to, uh, it's classified as food and tobacco, tobacco, wine. Um, this one has a, uh, you know, a large dividend. They've been raising this one forever. They are a dividend king. And uh, I think they're going to continue to raise it to try to outpace inflation. So you might get, uh, you know, three, four, 5% dividend raise on Altria, the stock price really has been very sideways. It's kind of, um, you know, just in that channel. But, um, well, I guess on the year 40, over the past year, $40.35 was a low, $57 was the high. We're kind of right in the middle at $46.93. And uh, analyst research, what do we got on upside here? Uh, we've got only about 4.2%, but you're also getting that 8% dividend. I let this one reinvest and buy more shares. I could turn that off and let that income come into my cash account and simply use that to repurchase other shares of another company. Say I wanted to use my dividends from Altria to buy Microsoft. I could do that. Uh, say I just wanted to turn it off and pay my electric bill that month. I could do that too. So it gives you some opportunities, gives you some options. And uh, I think that it is a solid dividend paying stock that should remain safe um, in this environment. If marijuana is legalized at the federal level, this one will be a top player. That is my two cents on that. 
Uh, number five, we just talked about this one, and they are now in a uh, a lawsuit with the state of Florida. Um, they are down a little bit on that news. They're down about 1.2% today, and that name is Disney. So uh, Disney, man, I'm, I'm still bullish on this one. Um, uh, and yes, there's a lot of headlines today. Uh, Disney filed suit after Florida Oversight Board declared development agreement null and void. Um, so we're, we're going to see what happens there. I still think that long term Disney is a winner. I think that it is uh, undervalued currently. We have definitely traded down since 21. Uh, we've got about 33.7% of upside for an average price target of 129. Uh, I don't think that, you know, the the house of mouse is going to fall apart. I definitely think that long-term Disney will come back. We've definitely had some problems with uh, the political things that they were trying to get into. We've got some issues with their tax status right now and what's going on down there. But I think when that is all resolved, Disney will be off to the races. So that's the five I got for you guys today. We got Tesla. I'm uh, sorry. Verizon's number one, Tesla, number two, XYLD, number three, that covered call ETF with the long name. We've got uh, number four, uh, Altria, ticker MO, and number five, Disney. Uh, so we've got uh, a mixture of high dividends, high growth, and undervalued. I think we got a good mix this week. So please get over to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook. Get your votes in for week 18. And we are moving right along nicely through this year. Uh, hopefully we can see some more gains for the, you know, the, the back half of this year. And uh, that's what I got. So thank you guys for stopping by. Get over there to Let It Grow Investing on Facebook to get your votes in. Please make sure you subscribe and share and follow along. And uh, yeah, that's all I got for you guys today. So uh, be safe out there and I'll catch you guys in the next one. Thank you for stopping by here on Let It Grow Investing. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and share to build a community of like-minded investors. If you do have questions for me or for the group, you can find us over there on Let It Grow Investing Podcast on Facebook. This is not professional financial advice. I am not a professional financial advisor. Please make sure to do all your own research before investing in any security. I do have links in the description to help get you started on E-Trade, Webull, Crypto.com, and Binance. And a friendly reminder that a goal without a plan is just a dream. So go ahead and build your plan, uh, design your portfolio, and stick to it. Thanks for stopping by. I will catch you guys in the next one.